0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman, pleased to be joined by former Raider great Stanford Rout. Stan, how we doing?
0: Pretty good, pretty good, man. Got this uh, Super Bowl week coming up. Uh, So it's going to be the culmination of a long but also interesting football season. So, uh, man, I'm always pumped for that, no matter what. Even though the Raiders aren't in it, still definitely uh, looking forward to watching the Bengals and the
1: Rams this week. As am I. The good thing is everybody's pumped up for the Super Bowl. The sad thing is last game of the year.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) All right, Stan, let's talk about the Raiders coaching staff, and it's starting to take form now. So far, head coach Josh McDaniels has hired quarterback coach Bo Hardegreep. Special teams coordinator Tom McMahon to replace Rich Passaccia, who landed in Green Bay. McMahon worked for McDaniels in St. Louis in 2011. He was most recently with the Denver Broncos. The Raiders retained wide receiver coach Edgar Bennett. Jason Simmons is the team's new secondary coach. And they hired defensive coordinator Patrick Graham, who spent the previous two seasons as a New York Giants defensive coordinator. Now the Giants mainly ran a three-four defense under Graham in New York, but he said in multiple interviews that he can and will adjust his defensive schemes to match personnel and depending on who the opponent is that week. Now, Stan, as you know, the Raiders have not only run a four-three defense this past season, but as long as probably we both can remember, yeah, Aldi, yeah. that's what he so, always wanted. So here's an interview uh, with Graham when he was coaching the New York Giants about being versatile and playing to his strengths.
0: The scheme is always based on the people. So, again, the people are going to be different. You know, you could try to, you know, everybody's going to do it. They're going to try to look at a body type and try to say, oh, this guy's like this guy they use. and This guy's like this guy they use. Which is fine, but the scheme is going to be based on the people. And until I get to know the people here, you know, I want to speak for those guys. I haven't really met anybody, everybody there, but, like in terms of just the scheme will be reflective of the people and what's needed for that game plan, but you can anticipate it being multiple, if that makes sense, you know. People ask four, three, three, four. I say yes, I mean, so I answer to both of them, so you can say two, four, yes, three, three, five, yes. I mean, whatever whatever number, however you want to rearrange, the front seven, the whole 11, yes. We'll see what happens.
1: All right, Stan, it sounds like he very much like someone who might have had coached with the New England Patriots and how game plans change week to week with them. And indeed, Graham was with the Patriots from 2009 to 2015. He served as the defensive assistant as well as the defensive line and linebackers coach in his time there. And it coincided with McDaniel's return to New England in 2012. Stan, you played eight years in the NFL. Year last year, I believe, was 2012, correct? Yes, it was. So how are defenses different now? compared to when you were playing with the Raiders
0: oh well I think defenses now have to be a little bit more uh zone based they got to be a little bit uh a little bit more wider thinking and what I mean by that is you got to cover every blade of grass from sideline to sideline that's a full 53 yards because now with these complex offenses with these quarterbacks now with the dual threat they got the RPO they got the run pass option they got the read option things like that now You have to have defenses that can go through a metamorphosis, or should I say that are multiple. You got teams that run like the big nickel, where you got a a nickel situation, where you got to have a bigger guy in there, because if they see you in there with five DBs or six DBs, they'll just run the ball. So you got to have a bigger type of nickel. That way he can still be able to fill in on the run. Things like that. Your linebackers, you no longer have those linebackers that are like the Ray Lewis types where they, you know, big, 5'10", six foot, six one, six two, whatever, 250 pounds, where they just eat face mask every down. That's all they do is just come downhill. Now, you got to have the guys like a Fred Warner for the uh, San Francisco 49ers, that Darius Leonard for the Indianapolis Colts. You got to have those guys who can move into space very well because you got these running backs coming out of the backfield, like an Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey. You got these tight ends like Kittle or Kelsey or just like one of our own, Darren Waller. So now... You have safeties, you got linebackers. They have to be able to cover like corners because the field is so spread out. Now you have to be multiple on the defense side of the ball. Like I said, you have the nickel form, you have the nickel up package with five DBs. You have big nickel, which is still five DBs, but more of a guy who can fill on the run is what I said previously. So now that's the main component is defenses have to be more multiple. Your linebackers, there is so much of an onus on them. Because they have to get that run pass key because of the RPO. So that quarterback is faking that handoff to get the linebackers to pursue, to get them to go ahead and rush those gaps and try to fill in for the run. That way they can go ahead and throw that slant pattern to the tight end or the slot receiver right behind them, right by their ear hole. So, man, defense is now, they have to be so multiple. You cannot play just 3 4 defense, 4 3 defense, base defense. Just your nickel, just your dime. You now have to you you now have to mix things up so much, and because you got to be more physical with those slide receivers, that's where it really gets incumbent upon that slot player. Because now you look at the Cooper Cups of the world, the slot receiver is pretty much almost the most important position on the field in the pass game. You got to have somebody in there that can cover that slot guy, but also be able to fill in on the run if they want to go and give you an RPO, the read option, things like that. So. Defenses now, they have to think more. I guess it's probably uh, to sum it all up, you got to be multiple and you have to be more cerebral.
1: So, Stan, let me ask you this. If you were a GM in today's football and you were building a defense, would you start with the defensive line? Would you focus on a couple of really good, fast linebackers who could tackle? Or would you focus on your secondary where, look at I need five good DBs because teams today are throwing at 30, 40, 50. And let's face it. Sometimes we've seen teams throw it as many as 60 times.
0: I would probably still go old fashioned. And what I mean by that is you got to win up front. You got to have the Hawks up front. When you look at the defenses, like the Los Angeles Rams, you look at the Tennessee Titans, you look at the teams that are able to create pass rush, that are able to create havoc down in there in the trenches. Those are the ones who are still successful. Now, I'm not saying that that's the only thing I'm going to focus on, but if you're putting me in the, in the shoes of a defensive coordinator and I'm drafting, the first thing that I'm looking for is guys that can put pressure on the quarterback guys that can get in there and penetrate and just wreak havoc because that's where it all starts. If you get penetration, you're probably winning that game. If you control the line of scrimmage and you're creating a new line of scrimmage. Now, when you go to the second to the second level, the linebackers, I no longer just need guys that can fill up and stop the run. I need guys who are versatile. I need the Darius Leonard's of the world. I need my man Devin White from Tampa Bay, Fred Warner for the San Francisco 49ers. The God came out of Clemson like just a couple of years ago, went to Arizona. Isaiah Simmons, I believe his yes, name is. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like I need guys who are good in space. You look at the back end. I need guys who also are good in space back there, the Buddha Bakers of the world, the Terran Matthews of the world, the guys that can go in there feeling on the run, but they also are elusive. They have enough loose hips. They got enough good, enough good agility where they can go out there, cover tight ends, cover uh, side receivers, things like that. But to your point of what you're asking me, DA, I'm starting off. I'm focusing still with the guys down there with their hand in the dirt, because you win the line of scrimmage, you win the trenches. You that's what you more that's what more than likely will win the war for you. So, no matter what, that is still the name of the game penetration. Because if I can get in there in that backfield, now those RPOs that read option it's not as effective. Yes, you still got to have corners that cover, no doubt about that. But you guys that can get in there, uh, you, you have guys that can get in there, put their hands up. Make that pocket very muddy. Make it very uncomfortable. Make that quarterback play in a phone booth, as what you saw the Los Angeles Rams did to Kyler Murray the Wild Card Weekend. You make that quarterback play in a phone booth, you are going to make him very uncomfortable. As you saw what they did, they turned around and did to uh, Tom Brady the very next weekend, even certain parts of the game against the San Francisco 49ers with Jimmy G. So no matter what, if you put pressure on the quarterback, if you penetrate no matter what, in any era, you are still going to be successful.
1: All right, Stan. Let me put you on the spot then. Who would you take, Aaron Donald with his pass rush up the middle, or a guy like Derek Watt coming off the edge?
0: Oh, I mean, I know I'm being <laughs> greedy. I know I'm being greedy, but uh, can I? I wish I could take both. No, but uh, I, I, can, both. I can. I can tell. I can tell you like this, okay. and I can give you a little backstory. Okay. It depends on what quarterback I'm going against. And this is why I say this because quarterbacks are different. A Tom Brady. I want you to give me an Aaron Donald, somebody who's going to push the pocket back that way he can't step up into his throws. I want to get him out of the pocket. Tom Brady, you get him out of the pocket. He looks like a fish out of water. He does not want to run. He is. He's getting happy feet. That is not his element. Now, I'm going against an Aaron Rodgers. I'm going against a Pat Mahomes. I'm going against a Lamar Jackson. I want you to give me somebody like like you just said, a T.J. Watt, somebody who's going to come in from the outside and condense. They're going to restrict that pocket and now make him play in a phone bill. Aaron Rodgers is great as he is. He's great inside the pocket as well. But I can tell you from playing against him, Aaron Rodgers, when he gets outside the pocket, he is deadly. When he gets outside the pocket, he's great inside the pocket. But when he gets outside, he is deadly. Same thing for a Pat Mahomes because that's when they're able to make plays with their feet, they're able to buy time, and they can throw on the run. So it really depends on the type of quarterback that I'm going against that week. I remember several times playing against the San Diego Chargers. We had defensive tackle by the name of Tudell Sands. but played D-tackle first. He was like seven, maybe about 280, 290. And I believe it was Nick Hardwick played center sure. for the San Diego Chargers at yep. the time. And I remember every time we played the San Diego Chargers because Philip Rivers He's somebody who's more of a statue type of quarterback, right. We would always push the pocket from right up the middle. So now Phillip Rivers can't step into his throws. Now he could potentially go and as he's throwing because Turdell Sands has his hands up or Tommy Kelly guys like that, his finger may accidentally hit the hand of one of our D tackles. That's how you saw Russell Wilson got injured against Aaron Donald. His, uh just his thumb just accidentally bumps into the hands of the defensive tackle or the defensive end, things like that. So, to your question it really depends on what quarterback i'm going against as far as which one you would like to go ahead and employ within your defense but nonetheless both are great players we all know that but it just it it just all it, it all depends on what type of quarterback because there are different types of quarterbacks in this league some that like to stay in the pocket some that like to get outside the pocket so whether whether or not what their specialty is That is incumbent upon what defense you want to try to employ in which direction you want to blitz them or pressure them from.
1: All right, good stuff. But let's move on now and let's talk about the Super Bowl. The Rams are four and a half point favorites over the Cincinnati Bengals in Super Bowl 56 and much more on the game. Head to bet online. Obviously, moving forward, there's not going to be any more football, which is very depressing. But bet online has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season from Score totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with your new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use our promo code BLEAVE to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Stan, before we get to the Super Bowl, let's talk some Raider free agency. Now, they have 23 unrestricted free agents, but let's focus on the players who either played a large or small role. And played at least 20% of the team's snaps this year. So that gets us down to about 13, guys. And let's go one by one. And let's talk about who we think they should bring up. And let's start with the defense. And cornerback Casey Hayward, he signed a one-year deal. So he's a free agent. Stan, he started 17 games. I thought he was the team's best corner by far. He'll be 33 next year. Look, and I think there's no doubt they got to bring him back.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. Definitely. I was just about to say that, you know, unless you go out, get a corner in free agency, get some high price corner within the draft, let's say the, you know, first round somewhere, something like that. Yeah, I believe you got to bring him back because at the very least he can be your slot corner. Uh, obviously, he's got good feet, still very instinctual, things like that. So he can help you in a myriad of ways. At the least he can help you by being your slot corner. If not, he's going to be a starter on the outside.
1: All right, another corner who's a free agent is Desmond Trufani. He played 20% of the team's snaps. I don't think they should bring him back. I think the only reason why he was playing uh, towards the end of the season was the Raiders were dealing with injury. No Trayvon Mullen, and he was in there kind of on a rotation basis with the face on. So, Stan, what do you think?
0: Because I'm a corner, and you know I'm always going to be a corner at heart, I can't say that I disagree with you. I will word it just like that. And I remember even in the playoff game against lined up against Jamar Chase, there were times where as soon as the ball was snapped, they would use man coverage, obviously. And he would just open up and run. He would just open up the gate for Jamar Chase. And so what if Jamar Chase was to give him a slant? And, you know, he's really beat just because he's already opening the gate at the line of scrimmage, things like that. So it just seems to me like he's lost confidence in his ability or maybe just his best days are behind him and his body is now failing him. I'm not sure which one that is, but nonetheless, it does not appear that he's able to play at a high level like he once was doing in Atlanta anymore.
1: Stan, real quickly, can you explain to our audience what you mean by open up the gate?
0: Okay, I can tell you, when you you get to the line of scrimmage, your receiver obviously is lined up. He's in his receiver stance. Unless he is off the ball or what they call a flanker or a Z receiver, he's going to be on the line of scrimmage, which means he cannot move. He's got to be stationary until the ball is snapped. So as a corner, if you are in man coverage, you get up to the line, you line up on him. Basically, you straddle the leg that is on the line of scrimmage. You let that leg that is on the line of scrimmage be basically split your crotch, so to speak. Okay. So, so, so part of your – the one half of your body is going to be to the outside of the receiver. The other half is going to be to the inside because his leg that is on the line of scrimmage is splitting your crotch, okay. If you if you catch what I'm saying. Yes. So when the ball is snapped. Because the receiver knows where he's going, he's facing an opposite direction than you are. That's where you have to get your feet hot. You got to be able to move from side to side laterally. That way you can go ahead and flatten his stem. That way he's not able to get going at full speed. You want to slow him down. And you do that by getting in his way, per se. Then you're going to use whichever hand. Is, uh, is the correct hand that you're going to use, depending on whether he goes inside or outside. That's the proper way to play. You have to get in the receiver's way, and you do that by staying lateral at the line of scrimmage. That way, he does not get what you call a free release. Now, if you get up to the line of scrimmage and you automatically start turning and running back the opposite direction, that is what you call opening the gate. And unless you are somebody that is a burner, unless you're somebody who is really fast, like let's say a Stephon Gilmore, or let's say another top-notch corner, like you see a Jalen Ramsey, somebody who can run really, really well, it is just going to become a track meet all day long. And for a Marcus Trufant, I'm sorry, for a Desmond Trufant, for somebody like him, that has not exactly been him being a burner, is not exactly been uh, the, uh, the key to his game then you're just simply getting into a foot race. And now it's a track Me, Jamar Chase is not a slow guy. by No stretch of the imagination. We can all remember that from his days at LSU. So whenever you do that, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage if you are not somebody who is fleet of foot. And that is something that DB coaches, myself included, I tell my guys at the high school all the time, do not open the gate because you're giving him a free release and now it's a foot race. And unless you are somebody who was fleet of foot, you are automatically, when the ball is snapped, You are putting yourself at a disadvantage and you are giving yourself an exponential an exponentially great chance at losing on that play or losing on that, on that said pass round.
1: Good explanation. Thanks Dan. All right, let's move to the big boys up front now on the defensive tackle Uh, Quentin Jefferson. I thought he was a good addition. He started 17 games. What do you think bringing him back?
0: I think he's definitely worth bringing back. I especially liked a lot of his play down the stretch whenever the the, uh, the the Las Vegas Raiders started doing a better job of stopping the run. I think he played a big part in that. So, yes, I agree. Yes, you bring him back.
1: Yeah, Jonathan Hankins as well. He started 14 games, but same things, Dan. I thought he did well against the run, and uh, I'm in favor of bringing him back as well.
0: Agreed. I think you got to bring him back as well. Now, like I said, obviously, as we're talking about this, yay or nay, whether you bring somebody back or don't bring somebody back, that also has to do with the uh, the, the notion of is the price going to be right? Oh, is absolutely. it going to be too steep? Is it going to be things like that? But if, if money is no object, if we're not including the salary cap, the contract amount, things like that, this that, and the other. Yes, I agree. Yes, you
1: bring Jonathan Hankins back as well. What about Solomon Thomas? They acquired him in the offseason from the San Francisco 49ers. He played just under 50% of the snaps. I know he had a couple of sacks early. I thought he played the well against the run. What are you thinking? He's
0: somebody, another, another one that obviously high draft pick, was number three overall coming out of Stanford University several years back. But just seems like he never really quite lived up to the billing of being that number three draft pick. That's why the San Francisco 49ers let him walk on to the Las Vegas Raiders. So that right there, I would just say that's a toss-up. Do you want to go ahead and bring it back for depth? Maybe he's a good leader in the locker room, things like that. Solomon Thomas played the 3-4 defense with the San Francisco 49ers. And I believe it was defensive end, correct? Or was it D-tackle? I'm de-tackle. not sure. D-tackle. It was so uh, yeah. So the D-tackle spot, I think, with Hankins and Jefferson back in the mix, guys like that. I would say let him walk. And if he's still available throughout the entirety of the all season, when we get to June, July, then yes, you go ahead and you sign him back just so he can go ahead and compete it out in training camp and see exactly what you have there.
1: see yeah, And here's an interesting one. And it's Darius Phylon. And you and I both said, I thought he was playing really well towards the yes. end of the season. He was a big reason why I thought the Raiders run. Yes, he
0: was made he big was... plays against right. the Chargers.
1: Yeah. And then he unfortunately suffered a knee injury in the last game against the Chargers. So my thing was him is look at, I'm wondering, how he's going to respond, and is he going to, how's that recovery going to go from the knee injury? I, mean, I, think, I think if he's healthy, then yeah, I would definitely bring him back. But if he's not 100% and he's still feeling the ill effects of that knee injury, I think you might have to let him walk.
0: Absolutely, and I think that the, the big part, the big component is the caveat, should I say, exactly what type of knee injury was. We obviously saw he was carted off. We all saw that. But was it an ACL? Was it a PCL? Was it an MCL? Was it all three? Was it a patella tendon? Like, what exactly was the nature of the injury? All we know knee injury. That's all we know. They never said, did they, Stan? Not from what I've seen. That is a very vague, that's a very broad statement. Or should I say, that's a very broad diagnosis. So I need to know more about what was the nature of the injury. But in today's world, in today's game, DA, let me go ahead and just. Mention, I remember 2014 and it was the Denver Broncos and Chris Harris. I'm sorry, 2013. Chris Harris tears his ACL and uh, and I think uh, uh, somewhere towards I think it was a playoff game for the Denver Broncos. And then obviously tears his, his ACL in January rehabs, rehabs, rehabs and starts season opener. The season, not only is he back to normal, he starts and goes to the Pro Bowl that year and is one of the best corners in football. And we see Adrian Peterson several years back. Tears his ACL, comes right back the following year, wins the MVP award. And lastly, Cam Akers tore his Achilles in what, July? Yes, in training camp. (laughs) And I remember when I was hearing how Cam Akers is going to be reactivated Cause, you know, possibly in the next week or two. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, didn't that guy just tear his Achilles in like July? So all I'm basically saying is with today's technology, apparently, because that Cam Akers is, man, like I, I need to know who, who his doctor is. I didn't know who his parents or his ancestors are because <laughs> I want to get some of that injected into my bloodstream. he because got some good genes, doesn't he? Th- okay. Like that right there is phenomenal. <laughs> Achilles is usually nine months off top. Right. Like nine months off top, no matter what. But uh, for him to do that, that's phenomenal for him. So kudos to him and his family. But nonetheless, what we're talking about with Fylon, because of that, I am also optimistic that Fylon will come back from this just fine, won't have any lingering effects, things like that. So that's why, because of that, because of what he's done this past season, I would like to go ahead and bring him back. But I still need to know the nature of the injury. That way I know exactly what timetable to put on it for when he's expected
1: to return to be back to full strength. All right, last player on defense is linebacker KJ Wright. Started eight games, uh, stand 51 tackles. He'll be 33 when next season rolls around. What do you think?
0: Uh, Yes, and I say that because leadership in the locker room, got to have an adult in the room and also he's still capable of being able to make plays his uh, his best days are obviously behind him we all know that but he still is capable of being effective on the defense side of the ball but nonetheless nonetheless just simply having the adult in the room having that leadership having that team captain type of vibe in that linebacker room i think is paramount that's one thing that i learned probably after my playing days but you got to have leadership on the team. You have to, even if it's a guy that doesn't play, but let's say he's older. When you have a younger team or you got a position group that's more, that's more of the youth type of uh, side of things when it comes to age and experience within the league, you have to have that leadership. It It plays such big dividends in the big games, down the stretch. Once you start getting in the dog days of the season, even the dog days of training camp, when it just comes to simply taking care of your body, being in bed on time, eating right, things like that, how to study, how to watch film, how to prepare. You need those types of guys. So I would say, KJ Wright, yes, bring him back just for leadership alone in the locker room.
1: Yeah, the Raiders linebackers are going to look much different next year. I mean, obviously, Denzel Perriman was a pro bowler. He'll be back. Uh, Divine Diablo was a rookie. I thought he played pretty well, but I think Nick Kukowski is going to be gone. I think Littleton is going to be gone. So I think they bring back KJ Wright, though, Stan. But one of those things, he might not make the team, depending on who else they bring in. But yeah, I'm with you, I definitely mm-hmm. would bring him back, and we'll see what happens. But no, but right.
0: nonetheless, I want to go ahead and just add this caveat in there, Da. Nonetheless, that is a position that the Raiders need to address. Yes. in free agency
1: and in the
0: draft. All
1: right, let's move to the other side of the ball now. And wide receiver is Zay Jones. Sandy started nine games, but he really came on strong at the end of the season. Down the stretch, yes. Six games he averaged nearly six catches per contest so look at he we know he's not a number one i mean the raiders you can say hunter renfro he's a one or two i'd say zay jones is a solid three i'm bringing him back stan
0: yes bring him back no doubt about it and he's from austin texas same place i'm from so uh, uh, shout out to atx hometown (laughs)
1: All right, I think we can agree on this one. Uh, another wide receiver is Deshaun Jackson. He played just over 25% of the snaps on offense after the Raiders picked him up off the waiver wires. He was released by the Rams. Danny's 35 years old, just 13 catches. I don't see him back.
0: I'd say that they probably don't bring him back, but I would not say it's because he doesn't have anything left in the tank. We still see that he's able to make big plays. He's able to make those long catches, as you saw against the Dallas Cowboys on, on Thanksgiving. And even in his days with the Los Angeles Rams, he made some big plays for them as well, Down the, uh, not down the stretch, but early on in the season. So Deshaun Jackson, D-Jax, still is able to make big plays. There's no doubt about that. Now, I do believe once you get to a certain age within the NFL, if you are not making big plays, if you're not being productive consistently, they would much rather just go with the younger guy. So to your point, to your question, I don't think Deshaun Jackson will be back in the black and silver.
1: All right. Offensive line down right tackle Brandon Parker at 13 starts. Pro football focus had him as one of the lowest graded right tackles. He allowed eight sacks and committed nine penalties. What do you think, Stan?
0: Uh, I would let him go ahead and test the market, test the waters to go ahead and see what else is out there. And Like I said, if you all of a sudden you look up in June, you didn't necessarily draft whoever you wanted to draft. You didn't get whoever you want to target in free agency because I believe offensive line is another position group. That's another unit that the Raiders need to address, whether the draft and or free agency as well. He's another guy that, like I said, you let him test the market. If the market does not materialize for him, you still allow him back for training camp, maybe for one of maybe for the mandatory mini camp in June, late May, what have you, just to see, hey, maybe he's got it figured out. Maybe the ball, maybe the uh the light has come on and maybe he's able to put it all together.
1: I'm saying no way, Stan. I think you know how I well felt about the Raiders offensive line. I think there's yeah, oh yeah I know. There's I know. three guys to me. Colton Miller, the left tackle, Andre James at center, I thought got much better as the year went on. And look at we need to take a flyer on Alex Leatherwood. We still don't know if he's a a right guard or a right tackle. So we can't yeah. give up on him yet. To me, the Raiders need to address left guard and either right guard or right tackle, depending on where this next coaching staff thinks Alex Leatherwood is best suited. And then the final one is right guard. He was a backup. He had a couple starts, Jermaine, Illuminor. Uh, um, I think you can let him go as well, Stan. I think backup linemen are kind of dime a dozen, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's how it is in the NFL. I think, yeah, you should let him go. And I think that uh, the Raiders, I think they need to take a strong, hard look at or should I say a long, hard look at their linebacking core, at their offensive line, even the defensive line, the interior part. You can still go ahead and draft a guy, sign a guy uh, off a of free agency, things like that, just because to me, I don't think the Raiders had enough playmakers on the defensive line. Obviously, in got Yes, you got Max Crosby, pro bowler, all pro, all of that much respected, much deserved. And I think that. When you go and you look at everything as a whole, you did not see as much penetration on both sides of the ball, offensive line and defensive line, as you should consistently for a perennial playoff team.
1: All right, Sam. let me get a couple of reads in here to satisfy our sponsors. And what I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a GOAT on the field. He's a GOAT when it comes to investing as well. He invests in stocks. Crypto and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Our prices actually outpaced the SP 500 by 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, Early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2020 and 2021 from the sale of just two paintings. This is your opportunity to join 300,000 other members and invest like the goat. Plus, you can get priority access with your game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash Believe. Once again, that's masterworksart.com slash B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. One more read for you. And what's more important than peace of mind? No, absolutely nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you're online like Stan and I are right now. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it is more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you can never worry about a slow connection either, and plans start at just under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash believe or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. All right, Stan, prediction time for the Super Bowl. The LA Rams have never won a Super Bowl. Remember, they were based in St. Louis when they won. And the Cincinnati Bengals have never won a Super Bowl either. 0-2, losing both times to the San Francisco 49ers. Stan, prediction time. Go for it. Oh, man. Oh,
0: well, we're, uh, we're a couple of days still out of the actual Super Bowl this weekend. And I don't know what it is because it is so perplexing. And I say this because, you see, the Cincinnati Bengals, obviously we know Joe Burrow is good. Well, we didn't know he was going to be this good this soon. And then, obviously, Jamar Chase. We knew he was good coming out of LSU. Didn't know he was going to be this good this soon. And when you think of the Cincinnati Bengals, you think of Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon. We all know he's good ever sure. since Oklahoma. But it's been their defense that has come up with timely plays to end the game against the Raiders, get the INT against Ryan Tannehill to help give the ball back to the offense, which then led to the field goal.
1: Three of us again. They got got 10 L three times.
0: Exactly. 18 point deficit against the chiefs second half AFC title game. So it's not like it's week 12 where the chiefs just take the foot, the foot off the gas because, Oh, it's just a regular season game. So, you know, we kind of just lost focus a little bit. This is AFC title game, 18 point deficit. And the. Cincinnati Bengals, who they have, I believe, Hendrickson went to the Pro Bowl. Yes. DJ Reader is a real good de- defensive tackle. But outside of those two, you don't have any names on the defense side of the ball for the Cincinnati Bengals. And they were able to go ahead and come up, make some big plays, go to overtime, get the interception, Bates tipped the ball, Ron Bell picks it off, and then they win the game. Joe Burrow sacked like nine times against Tennessee Titans, still won. I don't know what it is about this team, but. It just seems like that, along with just Joe Burrow and how cool he is, I don't know, but I just got a funny feeling Cincinnati is going to find a way to pull this game out. And I think especially if they're able to protect Burrow, if they're able to go ahead and try to block up that defensive front that Los Angeles has that is so ferocious, I do not see the Rams being able to stop their playmakers at receiver or Joe Mixon. And my man Samaje Perine in the backfield. I just don't see it happening. If they can block up Joe Burrow, or should I say block for Joe Burrow, and that defense, I don't know how they're doing it, but they're finding a way to create turnovers. They're finding ways to get off the field, and they're doing it with a lot of guys who are not household names.
1: Wow, Stan. Um, all right. First of all, I'm gonna I'm rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals because the Raiders lost to them. And you always want the team who knocked you out to go on and win the Super
0: Bowl. Yeah, that no, Yeah, we lost right. to the eventual champs, 26 right. to 20. You know, exactly. trust me, I'm
1: the same way. So I do want the Bengals to win, but I, I'm going with the Rams. I think they got too much firepower on offense. I mean, Matthew Stafford, you got Cooper Cup, who's arguably the best wide receiver in football. Odell Beckham Jr. has revitalized his career. And then we talked about him earlier, Cam Akers back at running back for the Rams, just so much firepower. And then, Let's face it. The Cincinnati Bengals Achilles' heel is that offensive line. You said they gave up nine sacks to the Tennessee Titans, and when you're looking at a defensive front, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Greg Floyd. Oh boy, Tennessee got him nine times. I'm wondering how many times uh, the Rams are going to go out and get him. I'll tell game. you this. I'll say this.
0: Okay. I, I, I'll go out. I, I will go out on a limb. And I'll say this. Let's say we'll we'll call it nine and a half. <laughs> We'll call it nine and a half. You think the sack total for the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday night, you think the sack total is going to be nine and a half over under.
1: Oh, under. I think they get in. Yeah,
0: I agree. I say under.
1: Yeah. I I think you still get him four or five times. I do. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're going to get to him because they're the
1: Rams. They're not going to get him nine times again. There's no way.
0: Exactly. That's all I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah, obviously the Tennessee Titans had a great job, did a great job of getting him down nine times. I think that given how he's got a little bit more playoff experience, Zach Taylor coached under Boy Wonder out there in L.A., uh, Sean Sean McVay. McVay. So, Zach Taylor kind of knows Sean McVay to a certain degree. Sure. I don't think Zach Taylor is going to put his quarterback in harm's way that many times by having the five- or seven-step drop back. I don't think he's going to do that. I think they're going to get the ball out of his hands quick. I think they're going to use certain uh, receiver screens as extended run plays just to go ahead and kind of get this defense moving from side to side, maybe get them a little gas, maybe get them a little winded, things like that. So that's why, yes, I know Tennessee got them nine times. I, I get that. I understand that. I watched the game. I just think that, yes, the Rams ferocious front, but I know how football works outside of what's on paper. Oh, my God, if the Tennessee Titans were to sack him nine times, and that means the Rams, if I go and do the math and I carry the six and I move the three over <laughs> here and this, 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 and this, 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 and this well, then uh, by my calculation, the Rams are going to sack him 13.267 <laughs> times. And it's like, that's not how football works. So that's why, like I said, I think, that, uh, I think the Rams are going to obviously get to them. They're a great team, no doubt about it. I just do not see the
1: Rams having nine sacks against Joe Burrow. I don't see that. All right, my friend. Hopefully, we will have a good Super Bowl. Is the bottom line and yeah. good stuff as always. Great addition, man. Another oh nice man, love it!
0: I'm so stoked for this game on Sunday.
1: <laughs> all right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, presented by Bet Online for my partner Stanford Rout. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts find the coffin corner.